Blog Talk Radio. You have tuned in to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Cross. The best sports radio show on Blog Talk Radio. Tonight we are coming live from Lindbrook. We're talking Mets and Rangers on the and the Cross. Welcome to episode number 32 of the Sports Docker with Ace Man and the Quas. We got live from Limbrook tonight. The Quas here to represent. Here. Hey, yeah, he's here, of course. I'm Stephen Ackerman. And I'm Ethan Quas, and we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we'll be taking callers at 1 478 We've got a, several guests coming up tonight at 810. Simon Malloy uh, will be joining us from Yanksblog.com and. Uh, John Delcus from the Journal News, Mets Report, will be joining us at 8.30. And at 9 o'clock, we've got a Rangers roundtable, so we got a lot coming yeah, up. Yeah, a lot coming up. It should be a great night on the radio. Of course, I'm pumped up that you came to Lindbergh tonight for tonight's show. No problem with that. Of course, so let everybody know. There will be a video podcast of the show uh, after uh, we have completed it. We'll edit it a little bit and uh, make it a little bit better for you guys at home. And the video podcast is currently in action. Uh, tonight, we also have uh, Zach, publicist. He's monitoring the switchboard. How's it going, guys? That's Zach. Zach. Zach is joining us live. We also have uh, with us live in studio. Uh, we have Scott here. Scott, thanks for uh, coming Meeting out. Your fridge. Scott, we have some fans here too. Uh, Scott coming out. Uh, we want to get your calls as well. We got a lot to talk about. Of course, uh, we'll get into the Rangers and their uh, collapse against Canadians. I mean. And the Islanders five-game winning streak. And uh, the Islanders are trying to go for number six tonight. Their six straight winning streak, and we're going to get all into that all as well. And also, uh, we will recap uh, or try to get uh, some insight on, uh, as Ethan walks past me, we'll try to get some insight on the uh, Mets and Yankees spring training. We'll, uh, of course, talk to the two guests from Yanks Blog and from the Journal News. So a lot on top tonight, Sports Docket, Ace Man of the Quas. Uh Once again, phone call 646-478-5118. That's 1-646-478-5118. Yes, and joining us again, um, 810 here before, will be Simon Malloy, so stay tuned for that. Uh, let's start off, uh, the, I mean, the Rangers, uh, let's start off with them a little bit here. Of course, they had that 5 nothing lead the other night, and uh, they just choked it away. <coughs> it was like it was almost worse than, like, worse than a Mets collapse, I mean. Yeah, it was one of the worst. I mean, the Montreal just uh, got on the Rangers bandwagon. I mean, it was just amazing to see how the Rangers collapsed like that. They were they were going good and then uh, currently uh, the Islanders at 7:27 into the first period Islanders Tampa Bay there's no score out there the Islanders of course I think it can be Tampa Bay I mean, Tampa Bay is one of the worst teams in the uh, Tampa Eastern Bay is Conference. the worst team in the Eastern Conference yeah basically I mean it's only Tampa Bay and Toronto are really the only teams that are totally out for the uh, playoff chase 
in the NHL. I mean, it should be a very good playoff chase right now. The Rangers sitting in about 7th or 8th place in the conference. Yeah, the Rangers were surging until that loss against Canadians. I mean, they were up to 6th place in the division, and now uh, they, have, they have fallen off. The Canadians got their number in that game. Uh, yeah, especially, uh, the, I mean, the Canadians one of the top 4 or 5 teams in the Eastern Conference as well. Uh, the Rangers, of course, idled tonight, and so are the Devils. And um, just uh, hockey race is going to be great in the last few months in the NHL. Yes, and when um, our guests join us at uh, nine o'clock, we're going to see. We're going to ask them if their the, the momentum is going to be shifted now that the Rangers uh, have that tough loss. That's a heartbreaker. I mean, it's, it's enough to blow a five nothing lead, but then to lose and shoot the way they did. I mean, and the Canadians were just celebrating on their turf. So, uh, there's also you know the NBA is going on right now, and there's a uh, a few months left in that season as well. So. Uh, the Nets did trade Jason Kidd to the Dallas Mavericks. He made his uh, Dallas Mavericks debut last night to the displeasure of uh, my friend Scott over here. But uh, Jason Kidd, of course, with about eight points last night. And, uh, you know, he's. And uh, I think uh, he'll be a big addition to the Dallas Mavericks. Also, Shaquille Neal made his debut with the uh, Phoenix Suns last night. Uh, that was a great game, Lakers Suns. I watched that live, and uh, it's a good game, but the Lakers had the number. Kobe Bryant was too much at the end with uh, 41 points. I agree. I mean, uh, of course, making his debut. Um, I mean, Jason Kidd making his debut with the Mavericks too. So, I mean, it's been amazing uh, what's gone on. But again, uh, commercial. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a uh, a quick break here on the sports docket, and we'll be right back to take your phone calls here on the sports docket with uh, Ace Man and the Quas. You are listening to Ace Man and the Quas. The phone number to call in is one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. That's one six four six four seven eight five one one. If you have a question and you would not like to come on the air, you can contact Ace Man at MetsFanatic nine ten at AOL dot com. That's MetsFanatic nine one zero. And you can contact the Quas at Quaster O six at AOL. If you would like to advertise at this spot. Please contact us at one of those two screen names. Now, back to the show. It's a network of shows from a group of average Joes. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to Sports Heaven with Mark and Evan Live. Welcome, everybody, to the Coach Rogue Show. And what's up, everybody? 702, Sunday night. Matt and Jay Radio, back again live, and welcome to the Sports Talk again on Blog Park Radio. Okay, and welcome to Frank and Sports Guy, and welcome to Sports Talk Live. And welcome to the Cemetery and Shamus Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's going on, people? My name is Kendrick Thomas. And welcome to this showdown here on Blog Talk Radio. You, you can't call him that after the Super Bowl loss. Of course, so it's not the man? Dynasty and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I mean, who was more successful this season, the Patriots or the Giants? Here's the question I've heard. Game one of the playoffs, who would you rather have on the mound, Johan Santana or Ching Ming Wong? Well, <laughs> I guess who, who would you rather have, Moose or Pedro? I well, mean, Johan and Pedro are the answer. And there's, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, this guy's good, that guy's good. And you know what, I agree they're all a bunch of... Uh, Dirtbags, if you want my truthful opinion. And it says, yeah, I had knowledge of him using steroids, and that's just for Roger, no matter what he says, or no matter what Brian Rackley says. If you want seven years, 150 million, just give it to him. The, the, the guy, he's worth every penny. The guy is really an unbelievable. 
So basically what he's saying is that as long as you're hurt, it's okay to use it. I have a right. sore knee. Let me, let, me, let me put HGH in my body. Oh, I, I didn't know it was going to make my biceps and triceps and my forearm three times the size they were. I know, I, I used it because I had a sore knee. That's CS. Justin Smith deserves to be in the Pro Bowl this season. I don't think he deserves it because he didn't get it. Apple has teamed up with American Idol to provide American Idol performances on iTunes. Oh, there we go again. Once again, Apple with their iTunes shoving it around, shoving it in the face. Just go to myedimedia.com. And we are back here on, on the Sports Doc, and join us momentarily will be Simus Malloy of Yanksblog.com. We got a lot to get into with him, of course. Andy Pettit uh, with his press conference. Um, talking about steroids and HGH use, and, of course, Clemens, his friend, uh, involved in the congressional hearings. And Steve, what were, you, what were your thoughts on those uh, hearings uh, that, that happened? Um? Uh, I think Roger Clemens is a liar. I think Andy Pettit is telling the truth with his HGH use. You know, at least he admitted it. And, um, you know, the Yankees, I mean, as much as I hate them, I would like to forget the steroid issue. I would like to get on with some baseball, and, that's, and hopefully – uh, at the end of uh, March here, we'll start the season, and at the end of February, we'll start spring training. Again, so like all fun. season, the, you know, the Yankees have always had some distraction that happens during spring training, and again, we see once again, the Yankees, uh, another distraction with Andy Pettit. Uh, Roger Clemens is not on the team anymore, uh, but the steroids is a big issue, and the Yankees are, of course, affected by it. And again, I don't even heard this report, but George Mitchell, apparently uh, he's a Red Sox advisor. Uh, George Mitchell is a Red Sox advisor, and... Uh, and he, he, of course, was involved in this report. I think joining us right now is this um, Simus Malloy of Yanksblog.com. Join us on the sports docket. Hello? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, what's up, Simus? How you doing? Uh, not too bad. How you guys doing? We're right. good. We're good. Good. Once again, thanks for coming on our program and joining us on the sports docket. Thanks for having me. Right, let's get right into it. Uh, what were your thoughts on this Andy Pettit uh, press conference that came through? Uh, I thought Andy Pettit was being... Um, um, truthful to the Yankee fans. Well, I mean, I think he sounded pretty genuine. Um, basically, he said what, I mean, there wasn't anything else that he could have said. People are saying, oh, well, yeah, it's a PR thing. Well, whether it's a PR thing or it's genuine, that's what he's going to say either way. So that's one way to take it. But I have to say, though, I was pretty impressed when I heard that, you know, when he mentioned, well, I do care what the fans think of me, you know, this does mean a lot to me, you know, other than, you know, rather than some people out there who say, well, you know what, it is what it is, just I have no comment, you know, he did face it, whether he did it for PR reasons or, you know, whether he was really, you know, genuinely sorry, then, you know, he said what he had to say. What do you uh, think about uh, Joe Girardi uh, as as the first-year manager? How, uh, how is he going to do a uh, successful job in succeeding Joe Torre? Well, you know, when everybody says that Joe Girardi is more of a hands-on guy, you know, not like Torre. Torre usually just lets the players play, but you have to realize this team still has Derek Jeter. It still has Alex Rodriguez, Bobby Abreu. It's very, you know, it's run. the clubhouse is run by veteran players, and... Joe Girardi realizes that, I think. Uh, he knows he's not managing the Florida Marlins anymore. I think some people are under the impression that you know, Girardi's going to be another Buck Showalter, that you know, if A-Rod's socks are too high, he's going to go completely nuts on them. And I just don't think that's Joe Girardi. I don't think 
you know, I, I think he realizes that there's a difference between the team he's running now and, and the Florida Marlins team he had two years ago. And speaking about Joe Duarte, uh, are the Jabba rules still in effect here? I know Tori, of course, um, emphasized the Jabba, the Jabba rules with Chamberlain and, you know, keeping him out there. Is it still going to be the same um, impact uh, with Joe Duarte and uh, the Jabba rules? What's your well, thoughts about well, the, that? The Jabba thing is it's more of the uh, higher ops in the organization that are running that. They, he has an inning limit. It's, I think, 140 innings or something like that. That's what I've been hearing. And... I don't think that's not really Girardi. I don't even think that was Joe Torre making that limit on him last year. I think that's more, you know, higher ups, maybe uh, Cashman or, you know, they don't want another Mark Pryor or Kerry Wood or A.J. Burnett or whoever, you know, guys getting hurt. Not that I really agree with it, but that's, you know, how they're doing it. Um. Now, uh, A-Rod, uh, do you think he's feeling a lot of pressure this year, especially uh, coming off a uh, great season where the Yankees had uh, little success in the postseason? Uh, excuse me, you say, he, is he feeling pressure? Yeah, is A-Rod feeling pressure? Well, A-Rod's always going to feel pressure. I kind of feel like he goes to sleep feeling pressure. It's just the kind of guy he is. But, uh, I mean, he did after what he did last year. I mean, last year coming in, I think he had probably more pressure than he does even at the beginning of this year just because – of the season he had the year before, it was going into an option year, whereas now he knows he's going to be here for 10 more years, and if he doesn't have a great season, there's always going to be next season where he can rectify it. And Okay. You know, well, uh, as we know, going into the season, you know, pitching and defense uh, wins playoffs. We've seen the last couple of years, teams that have gone to the World Series have had aces for their team. Now the Yankees, of course, didn't make a big pitching move in the off season. Um, as we look towards the season, I mean, Andy Pettit is going to anchor that staff, Chiming Wong, and then he has the three young guys, Ian Kennedy, Philip Hughes, and now Job Chandler is going to be in the bullpen, but still Mike Messina in there. What are your thoughts about the Yankees' rotation? Are you confident that this rotation is able to compete with the rest of the AL East? Well, it's a big question mark because, you know, you really don't know how these three young guys are going to pitch because we only saw half a season of Phil Hughes last year. He had a hamstring injury. Maybe it threw him out of whack a little. Uh, we saw Jabba Chamberlain, who may or may not start the season in the bullpen again, and he, he was pretty good, but it was his first year. You never know what you're going to see out of him again. And the same with Ian Kennedy. We only saw him for about a month last year, so we're going to have to see. One thing, though, is the Yankees are always one of those teams where, you know, if one of the guys doesn't pitch the way you want him, if something doesn't work, they always can go out and get somebody. So I would say, you know, if things aren't going that well two months into this, three months into the season where uh, July rolls around, they'll probably make a play for somebody, but like they don't have that ace. Top to bottom, there might be a good rotation if everything works out, but we'll see what happens in October if they make it that far, because most of the other teams coming in are going to have a big ace. And I mentioned uh, now you seem a little bit uh, concerned about making October. The Yankees, uh, A-Rod said this, I believe, the Yankees are not the team to beat this year. The Red Sox, you know, they won the division last year, and they were the world champions. So uh, how does that uh, become uh, – how do the Yankees uh, view the season differently, not being the team that's uh, – not being the team to beat? Well, I mean, it's as simple as the American League is really tight. I mean, Detroit got a lot better. They took uh, Miguel Cabrera and Dontrell Willis from the Marlins. Uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees pretty much have the same teams they had last year. 
the Angels are always there. Seattle uh, made some improvements. They brought in uh, Eric Bedard. So it's going to be a tight race. And, of course, the Indians. The one thing the Yankees have going for them is they did have pretty much you know, the same team they had last year. And for four out of six months last year, they did play the best baseball out of anybody in the American League, along with Cleveland Indians, if it weren't, you know, just had those two bad months. And I'm hearing that Johnny Damon and Bobby Abreu are both in uh, much better shape than they were to start last year. And their slumps early on were a big part of why the team struggled offensively in the beginning. Um, And, of course, uh, the Yankees have a big issue at first base. Um, Jason Giambi and Johnny Damon get some time there. What are your thoughts about the uh, Yankees' first base situation heading into 08 and spring training? Yeah, it's a little tough. I mean, we're going to have to see what Joe Girardi does because, I mean, that's what spring training is for. We're going to have to see over the course of those 25, 30 games who, who performs well. But I don't. I really don't know what Joe Girardi is going to do with that. I mean, it's his first year as managing the team. So uh, we'll have, I mean... Giambi's probably not going to play a lot of first base. He's probably going to be there mostly DHing. So we have Shelly Duncan and uh, Minkiewicz is around. We'll see. I mean, Shelly Duncan hasn't been able to show that he can hit right-handed pitching. Okay. So. Uh, now, um, Melky Cabrera is the starting center fielder this year. How does this affect uh, the playing time of Johnny Damon and Hideki Matsui? Well, that's another thing that it kind of connects with the first base job in a way because uh, if Giambi's going to be taking most of the at-bats at DH, then you're going to have to either decide between Matsui and Damon in left field so or have Matsui take all the at-bats at DH and then bench Giambi or bench Duncan. So, I mean, it's to be decided. I mean... Like I said, Joe Girardi, it's his first year here, so we have to see how how he does it. Uh, now, of course, you talk about um, uh, the first base situation, Deki Matsui, and the Yankees' offense. I mean, last season we saw, especially going to May, we had you on last May, actually, when the Yankees' offense wasn't clicking. I mean, what's going to be the key for them getting I mean, obviously getting on base, you know, um, setting up for the table setters and A-Rod and Bobby Abreu, who's back this year. But what's going to be the big key for this offense to click on an everyday basis? I mean, we didn't see it last year at all. Well, the Yankees have always been, even over the over the course of the last ten years or so, even when they have had all these power guys, they've always been a team that sees pitches. You know, they will see over four pitches per at-bat, a lot of them. I mean, the only guy on that team that doesn't really look at a lot of pitches is Robinson Cano. And uh, last year, the first two months of the season, they weren't seeing pitches. Uh, Bobby Abreu... Ooh, who's you know they brought him in because he draws walks, he gets on base. He wasn't doing that. Melky Cabrera was swinging at a lot of felt first pitches, which is unlike him. So uh, yeah, basically you know they have to be patient at the plate, and then you know A Rod. I mean they can all hit for power, and they can all drive in runs. So I mean if they have guys on base enough times during the game, and they're gonna score some runs. Do you think uh, the Yankees have what it takes to win the AL East this year and go deep into the postseason? Do they have what it takes? I think they have what it takes, but there's so much competition. I mean, the Red Sox are going to be there again, and then if they beat Boston, they're going to have to run into Detroit or Los Angeles or some very tough teams. And 
I mean, I think the Yankees have the team. I think there's not really any holes you can point to where the Yankees really have to improve in this area, that area. I mean, the bullpen may be a little shaky, but, I mean, we're going to have to see how it plays out. But I think, I mean, from a on-paper standpoint, I think they have a, a good team. We'll have to see how it turns out. All right, Simon, once again, uh, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your all, your, all your insight on the Yankees, and we look forward to seeing you down this stretch. Thanks so much again, and we'll, and we'll see you soon. All right, thanks again. I appreciate it. In uh, 2008. All right, great. Uh, that was uh, Simon Malloy of Yanksblog.com joining us. Check out all uh, your latest Yankee news and rumors at Yanksblog.com. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this on the Sports Docket with Aceman and Lacrosse. The Sports Docket live from Limburg is brought to you by Aces Hardware Store. Everything you could ever want is at Aces Hardware Store. Now, back to the sports doc with Ace Man of the Quas, only at www.blogtalkradio.com slash docket. Hello and uh, welcome back to the sports docket with Ace Man and the Quas. We are expecting uh, John Delcos, a Mets reporter from the Journal News. He'll be on in a few minutes. Yeah, about 8.30. I'm going to talking Mets with him. Of course, taking all your phone calls. One, listen to Ranger fans. Obviously, uh, very tough loss last week game to see Lundquist uh, get shelled the way he did in the last couple of minutes. we got a 516 area code right now. I guess uh, there's people near me. 516 area code. Uh, what's, what's up? What's going on? You're on the Sports Time Ace on the Quest. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I, I want to tell you the love that took me by force. She hit my heart like a wild red horse. I called her. Okay, thanks for the phone call. We appreciate that you called in. and. Um, thanks for uh, pumping up our ratings. Yes, but anyway, uh, John Delka of the Journal News will be joining us at 8.30 approximately to talk with... We have us. another call on the line here, another 516 number, I, I think a.k.a. Scott. Okay, we have a caller, a uh, 516... What's going on? Hello? Yes, um, I'm a pretty depressed Ranger fan right now. I do not know what to do with myself. I need some direction. How can I get my life back on the right track? Uh, well, you can watch the game tomorrow night against Buffalo. They're going to win. Uh, I'm finding The Islanders lose tonight. I mean, you can do whatever. Well, you can take, uh, you can be happy that Brendan Shanahan is back. He scored two goals in the uh, game against Canadians. I mean, even though um, they were worth, they were yes, yes, but they're, they're so depressing to watch. I do not know what to do with myself. I, I just can't go on with this. Uh, well, uh, get a life. <laughs> you know what? The Rangers do have a lot to... You have a lot to be happy with the Rangers. I mean, Chris Drury is finally clicking. Uh, he's been in the top stars uh, the last couple of games. Um, Yager is coming through again. No, he's not. Well, he had two assists in that loss. Three assists. Wow. Four. Four. Four assists. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, four assists. But right, well, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, Scott. You're welcome. All right. I guess Scott is uh, in the house here. but um, Anyway, um, John Delcos will be joining us at approximately... Uh, and also, we'd eight. like to apologize in advance. Uh, the video that we're going to uh, uh, put together for you guys after the show, uh, we missed a few minutes there. The camera got full, uh, but uh, we're going to go uh, back out. So it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. 
Yeah, no, no question about that. I mean, the video is going to be available after the show. There'll be some clips, uh, some highlights of our show, and you can check out. Again, uh, we'd love to get into it in our program. But Stephen, you know, this, Lundquist has had these streaks during the season where he's, you know, he struggled. What do you think about you no know, Lundquist? I'm really uh, concerned about Lundquist going to the uh, 2008 uh, postseason. Uh, hopefully, the Rangers make it that far. But I'm concerned. I mean, he has a good game. He has a bad game. Uh, yeah, he looks sharp one night, and then he looks like crap. He looks like Swiss cheese. So, I mean... <laughs> Interesting analogy there. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, the, uh, the two goals that Michael Ryder, you heard of him? I mean, come on. I mean, the, the goals that, I mean, a couple of wrist shots. Actually, Ryder did have a hat trick. I mean, Ryder having a hat trick is like uh, me uh, getting a home run. Yeah, I mean, and Ryder also scored that winning one in the shootout, right? Oh, uh, no, I think that was soccer court, but that was a beautiful move. Oh, yeah, that, that was no question about that. The Canadians, of course, celebrating on your turf. For Rangers fans, I mean, it's tough to watch. I mean, it, it, we'll get into that later on when we have on our Rangers roundtable. But, again, I mean, Chris Drury is coming through. But, you know what? We'll see what happens. I mean, the, the, the Rangers really need to click on all bases. Tom Rennie, I'm sure he had a long, long talk with the team after the game. And uh, we'll be right back after this on the Sports Docket with Ace Man and Aquas live from Lindbrook. Sports Docket is your source for spring training coverage. We've got beat reporters from the Mets and Yankees with us until the beginning of the 2008 season. Keep your radio dial locked in to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Quas. Now back to the sports docket with Ace Man of the Quas. Okay, welcome back to the sports talk, Ace Man of the Quas, live from Limerick, coming live from Ace Man's house, and then at approximately 8.30, a um, few minutes few minutes from now, John Delcos uh, will join us from uh, the Journal News. Of course, his blog is at over at mets.lohudblogs.com. Of course, taking your phone calls throughout the program. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on the Rangers game. Uh, your thoughts on the trade that, that uh, Jason Kidd is now a uh, Maverick and Keith Van Horn you know, made that deal official by agreeing to it. I mean, he, has he even played this season? I don't even know. Uh, but Keith Van Horn made that deal official, and uh, that's why the, um, the Nets uh, will be, uh, be able to make that, that trade came through. And that's, that, I mean, that's a big loss to the Nets, no question about that. But uh, for the but it, the team was it was a distraction, and that's why Jason Kidd had to go. You agree, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I think uh, you know the Nets. I mean, uh, I mean they, they were kind of you know they're not out of the playoff race, but I don't, the, my philosophy here is that they're not going to go deep into the playoffs. They don't. They can't be teams like Boston or uh, Cleveland or uh, Detroit. I mean, that, that'll be tough for the New Jersey Nets. I mean, they could uh, sneak in seven or eight seed. But uh, with with the Eastern Conference being so bad, somebody under 500 is going to make the playoffs. So and of course, as you as you would imagine, uh, now all of a sudden there's Vince Carter trade rumors coming through the works uh, that he wants to go, and uh, the Nets, uh, the whole team is getting reworked. I mean, the first off, now they're coming to Brooklyn, and now they're uh, having rumors about this trade. So we we will see what will happen uh, as we go on. But yeah, but you can call into our program once again. Um, we will, Again, also the NBA All-Star game, that was one of the best All-Star games I ever watched. I, I actually uh, didn't really see the All-Star game, but I heard it was really good. Oh, really? Oh, the MVP? The MVP, I believe, was, um, I can remember right, I think it uh, was Iverson. I'm, I'm trying to remember. But I, anyway, the game was, 
It was a it was a phenomenal game. Ray Allen had a huge game. He needed MVP. Ray Allen had 28 points in the game, and really uh, the East stepped up their pace. They won a 134-128. Uh, John Delcos will be joining us at 8.30, but I guess we'll take him earlier. I, I, believe, it's on, I believe it's on the line right now. Is this um, John Delcos of Journal News joining us live? From yes, it is. Great. Thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. We're doing great. Uh, uh, first of all, i got to ask you, how's the weather down in Port St. Lucie? Well, it rained today a little bit, but other than that, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a great weather down here. Yeah, though. Um, well, well, let's get right into it. Of course, um, uh, of course, the big trade in the offseason was with uh, Johan Santana. And just how's been the overall feel in the Mets? They seem more looser. Uh, like, what was the practice like down there with uh, Johan Santana um, in the in the um, uh, Mets practice? Well, Carlos Beltran already said that the Mets are going to win their division. He said they're the team to beat. Everybody has this attitude that of confidence that. You know they're going to move ahead this year, so I think the fact that they went out and got this guy is a tremendous boost for them psychologically. Uh, the feeling last year was going into the season that, yeah, we have a good chance to win the division. The feeling this year is that hey, we're going to win the division, and there there is a sense of confidence, there is an air about them this year, and um, you know they haven't played any games yet, of course, but the feeling is one of being very optimistic. Uh, so, uh, how is Willie Randolph going to lead this uh, club into rebounding uh, after the uh, terrible collapse of last season? Well, if he was smart, he won't do anything. He won't do any raise any flags, and he won't won't you know sound any bugles or anything like that. They blew it last year. They knew they blew it last year. They've improved their pitching, and for him to go out and remind everybody of what happened last year is going to be counterproductive. Everybody knows it. The attitude, you talk to one player, you talk to them all, it's, you know, we blew it last year, you know, it was a terrible thing to happen, and we're very determined. But I don't think that Willie is going to have to remind them of anything, to be quite honest with you. What does a statement like what uh, Carlos Beltran said, um, directing it to, to, um, to uh, Jimmy Rollins of the Phillies, what does that statement do for the Mets? Does it give them any more confidence, or is it just something that the players brush off and head to, head to work? I don't, think it, I don't think it really means one thing or another to the players. I think deep down they all believe that. They wouldn't be playing if they didn't believe that. They have to have that mentality that, hey, we're the team to beat. I, I don't think it's like a big rallying cry. It's not like we're going to win one for the Gipper or anything like that. It's just there's a sense of confidence here on this team, and if it wasn't going to be Beltran, it was going to be somebody else. You talk to them all, and they all say the same thing. Yeah, we, we're, gonna, we're, we're good enough to win this division. And, uh, you know, you have to believe them. And now, uh, the Mets rotation is made up of, of course, Santana at the front, but uh, Pedro with his uh, arm troubles, uh, he's a question mark. And also, uh, Oliver Perez and John Main, while they were good last year, you still don't quite know from them. It's been kind of a small sample. And, of course, the fifth starter is up for grabs. It could be El Duque, it could be Pelfrey, it could be somebody else uh, that comes out. So uh, what are your overall thoughts right now about the Mets starting rotation heading into 2008? Well, if you really want to be critical about it, you one through five is a question in all, including Santana. He's coming to a new league. That's a question mark. He, how will he adjust to New York? That's a question mark. You have to feel, based on the fact that he's a two-time Cy Young winner, that he's going to be okay. You know, um, Pedro is coming off a shoulder surgery. You know, sometimes it's the second year when the shoulder backs up and you, know, you hit the wall. So he's a question mark. 
uh, Maine and Perez, you know, they won 15 games last year. They were making progress, but they have to continue that progress. You don't know if they're going to be able to continue where they're going and win 17 next year or if they take a step back. You don't know that. Duque, his right foot is a little bothering him right now. I think he's going to be the fifth starter if he's healthy, um, but he's a question mark. He's 40, and he has a durability issue. So one through five, if you want to look for a question, you can find it. But I think overall, if everything goes the way they would hope it goes, I think their pitching is as good as any in the division. And speaking of these question marks that you bring up, uh, Ryan Church. Is Ryan Church a downgrade or an upgrade from Sean Green of last season? He's an upgrade. He's an upgrade because he, he'll add more power. Uh, he's not a bad player. Everybody's down on Ryan Church. I like Ryan Church. I think this is a great deal for the Mets. You know, I don't know if they were going to get anything out of Lastings Millage. I think they're going to get better production out of Church than they got out of that Millage is going to give Washington. Uh, they've upgraded the defense behind the plate. This is a plus-plus deal for the Mets. Uh, I don't, I'm not so sure that they would have ever gotten anything out of Lastings Millage. So I'm really happy with this deal. All right. Now, um... Now, uh, Brian Schneider, of course, he's going to have to uh, handle the pitching staff. He's going to have to learn how to do that. But uh, also, uh, the Mets bullpen with Duena Sanchez and a few new acquisitions, uh, how is it shaping up to be for 2008? Do you think it's going to be a quality bullpen? And uh, and uh, how, do you think, uh, how do you think it's going to fare uh, against the uh, rest of the league? Well, they didn't win last year in large part because of the bullpen. And part of the reason was because the bullpen had a lot of innings. Santana's supposed to upgrade that. He's supposed to eat up a lot of innings, so you figure that's going to help. If they have Pedro for the whole year and their rotation goes out as planned, that, that should help the bullpen in that it takes away innings. We still don't know about Sanchez. Uh, he says he's going to be ready for opening day, but he hasn't pitched in a year and a half, and you really can't believe him. You have to take it with a pessimistic attitude with Sanchez that he's not going to be there. Um, they got a guy in, in Wise who's going to give them some innings. It has to be an upgrade over Guillermo Moto. I'm an upgrade over Guillermo Moto. Um, I think that you know Wagner's fine. Um, Heilman is fine in the setup role. Feliciano is fine in the setup role. If Sanchez comes back, he's the eighth inning guy, and those other two guys move down an inning. Uh, Jorge, Jorge Sosa will have for the entire year out of the pen as a long guy. If they also need him to come in and get a strikeout, they could. They can. So I, I like their bullpen. I think their bullpen is going to be better than it was last year. I think their bullpen will be a team strength the way it was in 06. And speaking about these team strengths that you bring up, uh, the Mets bench has always been a major strength for them. I mean, you got guys like Andy Chavez, Marlon Anderson, Ruben Gotay, you go on and on. And, um, of course, this year the Mets are using their bench a lot more than ever before, you know, with uh, Ryan Church and Brian Schneider and even Jose Reyes. Willie Randolph said that Jose Reyes is going to be playing less time this year and, and Carlos Delgado. So you got a lot of guys – that trying to limit the time with. What do you think about the Mets uh, bench and its role on this team this year um, going into 08? Well, Castro has always been a, a plus guy as a, as a backup catcher, so I don't, th- I don't think that's ever going to be a problem. Um, they don't really have anybody that's going to play first base to give Delgado a spell. Schneider may play a game there. Marlon Anderson may play a game there. You know, they're going to pick and choose who's going to play at first base. I don't see anybody coming in right now and, and, and backing up Delgado. So that's going to be a question mark to some degree. Uh, Easley is good off the bench. Um, they don't know what they're going to, if they're going to get Valentin this year. Uh, he's rehabbing his, his, uh, his right shin. He fractured that last year. Will he be playing by, uh, by the opening day? I, I tend to doubt it. I think that he's going to open the season in the minor leagues. But if they have him, they have him down the road. 
Uh, Church is not going to be a bench player. He's going to be a full-time starter. He's a right fielder. Chavez is always good off the bench. He can play all three outfield positions. Um, the bench is, it was a strength last year, and I think it'll be a strength this year. Uh, they'll have Anderson for the entire year as a pinch hitter, which is a plus. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that, that's good. You know, I, I wouldn't count on seeing uh, Jose Reyes you know, sit a lot. You know, Willie's talking about giving him some more time, and he should give him some more time because he, he, um, he got tired down the stretch last year, and that's part of the funk that he went into. But you know you have you have uh, go tie to play shortstop when he uh, is is resting. So I think the bench is going to be fine. All right, now uh, Jose Reyes, uh, he was one of the main parts of this team, and he tailed off at the end of uh, 2008. Uh, now, uh, how do you think he bounces back this year? And also, uh, he says that he's going to try to be a little bit more fish, try to limit those handshakes. Uh. <laughs> so, what do you think about overall uh, Jose Reyes uh, for 2008? Uh, how is he going to bounce back? Well, if I had a rotisserie team, I'd take him. Okay. I think he's. I think he's a good player. You know, I think he's going to be a great player someday. And, and uh, he's improving. He improved his on-base percentage last year. He went into a funk. You know, maybe part of it was Ricky Henderson. Who knows? But he went into this kind of malaise even before Henderson got there. You know, Willie pulled him out of a game in Houston before the All-Star break, which was before Henderson got there. So, you know, to say it's all on Ricky is is kind of not fair. Um, he did have a lousy second half. That he slumped last year and he's going to be better this year. Uh, he did some things last year that I didn't like. I think towards the end of the year, he got a two. Um, he wasn't as selective as he was early in the year. He, he, early in the year, he, he worked the count a little bit. He, he, he'd run up the count, get, get a lot of pitches, and he was more selective, in his, and, and it showed in his on-base percentage. At the end of the year, he started lunging after some balls. He started swinging outside the strike zone, and he started giving away at bats. So, um... I think he had a bad year. I, I don't know what was in his head. He just didn't play well in the second half. So um, yeah, I'd have to, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Once again, John Delcos, Met blogger uh, for Journal News, uh, joining us right now. Um, Carlos Beltran, he seemed in the past they didn't really take much of a leadership role on this team. And I think something that you wrote on your blog about this, about uh, Carlos Beltran, that has become more of a leadership role and is going to have um, more um, – uh, more can talk more in the dugout. What are your thoughts about um, Beltran in terms of him becoming more of a leader for this team? Well, you know, if you listen to what Jimmy Rollins was saying out of Philly, um, he said that it was really kind of good that Beltran said that because he was surprised. It showed that he is taking a sort of a, a more vocal role. Um, of all the guys to come out and say that, hey, we're going to win the division, we're the team to beat, Nobody thought it would have been Carlos Beltran, and I think that's a good, a good sign. That's a, that's a real positive for him. Um, you know, he was a real leader in 06 when he hit 40 home runs. So he, he had a drop-off last year. Uh, I think the fact that he had both knees operated on, he cle- cleared out all that debris in his, in his knees, he's going to run a little bit more this year, uh, he's going to add a spark to his game, and, and I think you'll see some bounce-back numbers. And when you see that, you're going to see some, you know, he's going to be a little bit more open. So I think you're, I think another guy that you're looking for for a big year is Beltran. Yeah, I think uh, you have some great points, great insight. Um, now, uh, about uh, the Mets, you know, they gave up a lot of their farm system in the uh, in the Johan Santana trade, but they uh, still hung on to uh, Fernando Martinez. Uh, what do you think his future is? Uh, do you think he gets any playing time in 2008, or is he more of a 2009, uh, 2010 type of uh, player? Well, I think he's going to come up in September when the rosters expand. 
So um, you'll see him at Shea this year. Um, well, say he's going to be a full-time player, I don't think you're going to see him as a full-time uh, What I'm player. asking is, uh, if, let's say Moises Alou or Ryan Church goes down, uh, do the Mets bring him up and give him some playing time in June, July, uh, in an important time, or do you think it's uh, a little too early? Well, it depends on, one, it depends on who goes down and for how long. Your first choice when somebody goes down will be Andy Chavez. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to have uh, Andy Chavez sitting on the bench and then you're bringing up uh, Fernando. I don't see, see that happening. Um, last year, you know, when they brought up Millage, or, you know, or the year before when they brought up Millage, when they had the injuries, is, is, is different. You know, it's a different situation. Millage was more advanced then than Martinez is now. So if you see an injury, you're going to see Andy Chavez play. Uh, you also have Angel Pagan, who's a, who, who, who is a, a role player who's going to be off your bench and play in the outfield. So if somebody goes down, I think they're covered for this year. I think you're going to see Fernando next year, maybe the year after that. But you will see him at the end of the year as a, as a, when the rosters get expanded. Uh, now with uh, Fernando Martinez, uh, um, besides Andy Chavez and Pagan, is, um, well, what do you think about Martinez? Uh, he's a 20-year-old. I mean, would you the Mets brought Reyes up when he was 19? So I mean, uh, does that the Mets have shown history of bringing guys up a little bit early? So do, I mean, do you think he has a chance? No, I don't. Okay. I, I think that um, you, you're set in your outfield. You you have five guys ahead of him. You have easily ahead of him too as as a as a bench player. So you have options to go to before you bring up this guy. I think if you bring him up now, you're going to rush him. You know, if you look at his minor league numbers, there's some there's some issues there. So um, you're not talking guy that's major league ready, and so if you're bringing him up, you may do more harm than good. So I think you're going to wait on him. You're going to see him come up at the end of the year when there's no pressure, when he's not going to do anything, and I think that's that's the way to go. Uh, now, now, if, course, now, if you have three guys get injured, then that changes things. But yeah. you know, no doubt about that, of course. And, you know, the Mets, in the, it seems in the last couple of years, you know, guys like Pedro and Beltran and Reyes and even Ramon Castro in that dugout, it just seems to be a very loose dugout, very laid back. And, you know, Carlos Delgado didn't really say they were bored uh, last year, but he, he kind of hinted that a little bit. Um, you think the Mets will still be that same loose team? I mean, now with Santana, you think the Mets will still be that same loose team in that dugout and maybe you'd be a little complacent? Or do you think – they're going to be a little more serious when it comes down to the stretch of September after what happened last year. I think they'd better be more serious. And I think they, they, they did a lot of uh, celebrating. They did a lot of nonsense in the dugout during the, during the season. And I think, at least I hope, you're going to see less of that. Um, they, you know, board is may not been a, a good word, but they did become complacent. They had this attitude that we're going to win. They had this take-it-for-granted attitude that they're going to show up and win, and that's not how, it doesn't work that way. And so I think you're going to have to see a more serious, um, determined group this year. I, I think that being laid back and, and, and really loosey-goosey, you know, it's one thing to be confident, but it's another thing to be uh, lackadaisical. And so I think that's what happened last year. I, I, I see them attitude shifting a little bit this year. All right, uh, we have some people in the chat room. Uh, this kid, Matt, asks, uh, do you think Eddie Kunz will be a part of uh, the bullpen this year, and uh, what's his future with the team? I don't think you see him unless somebody gets injured. And, you know, they drafted him high, so I think he has a bright future. 
Okay, great. Um, once again, John, we want to thank you so much uh, for coming on to join us in this segment. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the weather will get better down in Port St. Lucie, and maybe we'll see you down the stretch. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing all your insights. Not a problem, and you plug my blog tonight, guys. No problem, man. We love to do that. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Have fun. Bye-bye. Great. And, of course, is John Delcos of the, uh, the Journal News reporter for the Mets uh, website, and he'll uh, – Journal News – Mets reporter for the Journal News. Check out his blog at Mets.LohaBlogs.com. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here in the Sports Talk, 8 minutes o'clock. We'll okay. be right back. They used to get a little bit excited there. Next week on February 28th, we got another great 90 minutes for you. Adam Rubin will join us at 8.30 from Port St. Lucie in another docket Mets report. Then at 9 o'clock, we got another Rangers roundtable with Doug Fisher and Doobie from Blue Shirt Bulletin. And all the fun starts next Thursday, the 28th at 8 on Blog Talk Radio. Live from Lynn, Brooklyn, New York, this is the Sports Docket Radio Show with Ace Man and the Quads on Blog Talk Radio. The Sports Docket is not all sports. Neither is it all serious. We do get some laughs. Some sports a little bit here. We'll put the NBA a little bit. So the season's just getting on the way now. So do you think uh, we'll start with the meal this time? I think it's true or false for the All right, I guess uh, welcome back to our program. There's a little difficulty, but we are back on the sports docket here at Ace and Lacrosse. We're taking your phone calls. We got plenty of time left in the program at nine o'clock. There's only thirteen minutes for now. We will be joined by uh, we will be joined by two Ranger bloggers. That, of course, is Margaret Hurley of uh, Blue Shirt by Blue Shirt Heaven, and uh, by um, Dan Axon, who was actually on our show in the past. He is the second coming of the Ack Attack. And he will be joining, uh, of course, he's on our show in the past. He's from the Pucks on Broadway block. He actually will be joining us live from uh, Lincoln Park concert at Madison Square Garden. So uh, uh, that should be interesting. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we'll have a few Ranger bloggers just give an update on the uh, Tampa Bay Islander game. They are right now tied 0-0. Uh, zero zero. <laughs> no, no score. Our third period underway. Uh, so the Islanders Tampa Bay, I mean, it's a big game for the Islanders. They need two points whenever they can get it. Uh, they're in a dogfight right now with all the other teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, apparently we got some Islanders fans in the house. So, uh, but yeah, I mean the Islanders right now they're red hot. I mean, the Islanders are what the tenth seed right now. I mean they're they're steamrolling. The team is clicking. DPHO has been amazing all year, pretty much. But now he's really. Well, I th- I think uh, Rick DPHO. Uh, I think uh, when the Islanders were playing like uh, dog, uh, blah, blah, I think uh, <laughs> he was keeping the Islanders in the game. And uh, I think he's really the only reason well, why they're remotely in it. Well, GPS, that's what, that's what he does. He keeps the Islanders in the game. That's why they gave him the 15-year deal. I mean, they weren't that stupid. I mean, I thought it was stupid for 15 years, but, I mean, GPS was worth all the money that he's been. All right, well, we have to give the Knicks their 32 seconds on our show. So uh, what we're going to do what we're gonna do right now is that uh, we kept the game last night. The Knicks uh, won in, uh, wait, no. They lost by 40 points. They lost by 40. I was thinking of the game in overtime against the Wizards. Well, Game, but no. Um, apparently, uh, in this game, um, you had uh, Crawford getting a little angry with uh, Curry. They were throwing water on each other. I don't know what's up with that. Or was it Randolph and Curry? But uh, the next, I mean, they. 
they let last night. They were down more at the half than at the end, but they still didn't come through. Uh, even without Iverson, this, the Sixers still crushed them uh, last night. I mean, I don't know what. We're... Well, that's it. That's it. That's the next 32 seconds. Uh, there we go. Uh, that was it. I didn't get to say one of my piece, but yeah, the bottom line is the Knicks are um, a terrible franchise right now. Uh, I mean, I mean, if your own owner doesn't want to talk about the team, Jim Dolan hasn't said a word about the Knicks. That's but... it. That's it. The buzzer went off. Uh, all that's right, the 32 seconds. So the Knicks, will, we'll, we'll talk about them the next show. Uh, which will be February 28th at 8 p.m., same time, same place, Ace Man in the Quad. Well, not same place. I'll be from Brooklyn next week. Yeah, but I'll still be in Lindbrook. Yeah, okay. But, <laughs> same, uh, so same time, uh, different place. Different place. But uh, the same show. Same show. So definitely, uh, we will have a few guests on next week, right? Next week, Adam Rubin will be joining us in the Daily News. Uh, of course, um, Adam Rubin uh, will be talk Mets baseball, what Mets else? Mets beat writer. Mets beat writer. We'll have another Rangers roundtable. It's going to be a lot of fun next week. So Mets sure. and Rangers right now are two important teams. Yeah, the Rangers uh, are in the playoff race. They're the hunt. They're the sixth seed right now, I believe. So the Devils? The, the Devils the, are in first, I believe. The Devils last night um, beat the Sharks 3-2, to two, and uh, they are steamrolling right now. The Devils are red hot. Well, all New, all New York teams are really red hot until the Rangers have that collapse against Canadians. Well, the Knicks will never be hot, but... Well, the fact that all the hockey teams right now are, are good. Yeah. But right now, yeah. look at it. Uh, hockey is what you talk about in New York because the three teams could very well make the playoffs. I mean, that would be something for New York fans. Definitely. I mean, and also, I'm looking forward. I'm going to Prudential Center for the first time on Saturday. Oh, uh, you got... The Devils face the Islanders. That should be a good game. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Devils Islanders is much better than Devils Rangers, in my opinion. But <laughs> Really? No, well, I mean, for the Devils this season, they've they've been crushed by the Islanders every time they play. The Devils could be everyone else, but they can't be the Rangers and Islanders. All right, we are taking your phone calls at one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. We have uh, about uh, nine minutes until we have uh, the Rangers roundtable, so we will be taking your phone calls, uh, calling about anything you want, whether you want to talk about baseball, hockey, uh, basketball, even the NFL draft, which is coming up uh, sooner than uh, you think. So. But uh, well, a lot of things you ever think a lot of things that uh, are going to be factors going into this season. Now I do have a little sound clip here. Dwayne Sanchez, of course, uh, going into the season for um, for the Mets, uh, coming out of that injury. So I guess we'll play it here. This is Dwayne Sanchez talking about uh, being healthy. Let me have that for you. Definitely. We'll have that sound clip for you. Yeah, we'll have that sound clip in a few seconds about uh, Dwayne Sanchez uh, reporting from Mets camp. Uh, he's doing a good job in spring training. Uh, a lot of reporters uh, think that uh, he has his bite back on his fastball. Uh, there's uh, change up his work. off the juice, you know. I think he's up on the juice. I, I, I think he was an innocent guy. I think uh, he was good. Yeah, but, I mean, question marks with Moda and other guys that were in the Mets rotation in the past, you know, you hope that Sanchez is going to be – in shape and in form for the beginning of this season. So we will see what will happen with that. But again, uh, yes. So you call into our program. Once again, we have a round, Rangers round tip coming up at 9. That should be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, so we have Islanders right now in Tampa Bay. Uh, that game is currently in progress right now. The, Rain, the Islanders looking to win their six in a row. I mean, it's amazing to even say that in the way they're, they're playing of late. It's in the third period now. Um, just started. Tampa Bay and the Islanders are tied at zip. So. Uh, uh, yeah, I 
once like like I said before, it's a huge game for the one New York game Rangers. that's concerned the Rangers in that eighth spot right now. Boston and Florida are currently action, and Florida's up two to one. That's good news for the Rangers. That is good news for the Rangers. I mean, the Rangers, uh, the way they play last night, they can they can get as many wins uh, against Boston as they can right now. I mean, the standings are this close right now, literally this close uh, in the uh, division. So we'll see what happens. But again. Uh, uh, a much during the show as well, but uh, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break now, and um, we'll be right back. We'll be right back on the sports docket. We're right back on the sports docket after this. With the expanded The sports docket is not all sports. Neither is it all serious. We do get some laughs. Sports a little bit here. We're switching the NBA a little bit. So the season just getting out of the way now. So do you think uh, we'll start with the meal this time? I think it's true or false? Will the San Antonio Spurs repeat as NBA champions? Um, you know, I'm tempted to say false because every year you can make a case why they shouldn't. But every year they seem to be the best team. But uh, you know, I, I'm going to say probably. I'm, I'm going to say yes. They're true. They're going to. Uh, my opinion is, uh, my prediction is, I think they're going to have a down year, and all of a sudden they're going to bring Evil and Gorion into the dressing room after every game. <laughs> they're going to peak at the right time and win it again. Okay. Which, I, I they do. <laughs> Tony Parker, I think we would all peak if she walked into our locker room, you know, guys? <laughs> Tony Parker is a lucky man. I, yeah, I agree with that. I, they're, they're my favorite team just because of that. <laughs> When you watch those games in the NBA Finals, they show more shots of Evil and Gordon <laughs> exactly. than they uh, do with actually the players. Send something to that cameraman, am I right? <laughs> the smart man, he knows what the viewers That's want right. to watch. Exactly. <laughs> Once again, you can call into our program at one six four six four seven eight. Wait, we do have an Islanders update here, a major update here. Shatana scored for the Islanders in the third period. That's huge. One nothing, New York Islanders. Third period. I mean, uh, they win. I mean, they keep moving up in the standings. This will be win number six for them if they can hold on. But they do have to hold on. Still plenty of time left in that game. And the Islanders get no coverage in newspapers right now, but they deserve it the way they played of late. I mean, the teams they've beaten, they've, they've beaten a lot of Western Conference teams. You know, they're showing a lot of um, urgency and resiliency. The, the kind of urgency that we saw 
uh, with four games to go in last season. When they won those four games, uh, leapfrogged over Tampa, uh, over Montreal and Toronto, and got that eighth seed. I mean, that was just phenomenal to watch. And again, I, I, we're not going to get into this much with uh, our Rangers guys coming on at nine, but the Islanders are impressing me a lot right now. I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect them uh, to, to continue this uh, the way they have, but it's been amazing. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Islanders are a pretty impressive streak right now. Uh, so uh, definitely. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> of course. I mean, the Islanders are they're showing a lot. I mean, DPS has been good all year, as I said before. But guys like Comrie are coming through. Guys like the cap, the captain Sergey Bergeron is coming through. I mean, really, it's been amazing. Also, I just want to mention well, Sergey Bergeron. I think I messed his name up. I think it's Sergey Breland, by the way, for the Devils. Sergey Breland um, set a uh, set a club record now for most games played in for the Devils, which is. Uh, and this guy's not. This guy's not young. He's 35 years old. But Sergey Breland, the defenseman for the Devils, he's played in uh, over 300 straight games now. I mean, that's just amazing. For an NHL player, the wear and tear of, of everyday play, that's that's amazing. That he can... All right. Well, we have our Ranger guys coming on soon. Uh, so we'll we're gonna preview that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit how the Rangers are playing lately. I mean, um, if you throw away that uh, third period in Montreal, I mean, uh, they're playing. Uh, they were playing good hockey before that. I mean, they uh, put together back-to-back wins at home over the weekend. Um, they, uh, you know, against Buffalo, they uh, dominated the first period four nothing. They ended up winning that game five one, and then they played a good hard game against San Jose, and they uh, ended up winning that game three to one at the end. So I mean, uh, the thing for the Rangers right now. Um, Yager and Lundqvist, they're two main guys. they got to get going. Uh, Yager's got to start scoring a little bit more, helping out, and uh, Lundqvist has to play more consistent hockey or else his team is not going to go deep into the postseason. I agree. I mean, the Rangers have got to play more consistent hockey, and Tom Rennie cannot stress it enough. But my question is, why is Sean Avery playing that first line? I, I can't understand that. I mean, well, I, I mean, Yager's on the first line right now with... The, with uh, really I mean, right. I don't think it's officially the first line. I think the Gomez line gets a lot of playing time. I think the Drury line gets a lot of playing time. But uh, with the Yager uh, line with Dubinsky and uh, Avery, I mean, right now, Dubinsky is uh, he's blossoming as a player right in front of our eyes. Uh, he's doing great. He's a rookie, center. too. He's a rookie? Yeah, he, I, you know, of course, he won the uh, MVP in the rookie uh, game at the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, Sean Avery, he's finally healthy for the first time all year. And, uh, you know, the guy isn't just a fighter. He can put the puck into the net. So. And great. So, of course, once again, Dan Axe and the Aka Tackle join us. Uh, in the radio spot, and Margaret Hurley is our first female hockey reporter. We had other female reporters in the past, but Margaret Hurley will join us for my. No, team. we had the Mighty Ducks one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember. Well, first Rangers female reporter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we had a uh, we had somebody from MVN after the Mighty Ducks won the Stanley Cup. They were pumped well, up. She's from, she's from actually from her own blog. She's from. Uh, oh, not MVN. I'm sorry. Mighty Ducks fan, but right now we got Mighty Ducks are also doing pretty well. Uh, Timo Solani has really rejuvenated that team, as has, uh, um, you know, as has uh, Scott Niedermeyer. Both of them returning mid-season, but my Ducks. So again, they'll be joining us at nine o'clock, which is right about now. Uh, we're just waiting for both of our roundtable people to come in. Six three one area code. Um, is this Dan Axon joining us live? Hello, or is this? Uh, is this Margaret Hurley? Bingo. Oh, hey, sorry. We're waiting for our other roundtable. I guess uh, we're coming in the middle. Can you uh, just hold on line for one second? And uh, we're waiting for the other uh, Ranger. Uh, I, well, I guess we can start it. And then we'll he'll, start with you, right? He'll come on in the middle. It's okay. All right, great. <laughs> well, so how are you uh, doing tonight? All right, not bad. I'm watching the Islander game. Miro Shatan just scored a um, goal on the uh, 
Tampa. A Ravens fan watching out of the game? That's criminal. No, it's not. It's not criminal. It's it's called no line enemy. <laughs> yeah, you got to root against them. I I hope uh, Tampa Bay scores two in the last few minutes. Comes back. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to say as long as uh, uh, it's not a three point game. As long as it's just a two point game, that that's better for it. Yeah, that's true. But Tampa's big problem was they let Javi Bullen go, and they should never have let him go. Uh, Tampa Bay is completely out of race. Now, uh, starting with the Rangers, I mean, uh, what can you say uh, coming off uh, that terrible loss in Montreal? Who me? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I mean, what was your reaction after that game? I mean, I'm a Ranger fan as well, and I uh, certainly was uh, not not in the happiest of moods after that game. Well, uh, what I do have to say is that my mood completely changed at the 15 minute mark of the second period when the Montreal Canadian fans decided to litter the entire ice surface with that was I agree. stupid banners that they gave out. And uh, a, fr- a friend of mine reminded me of the cup night that they had at Madison Square Garden where something of a similar nature happened, but it was after the game, and it was response to a badly played game uh, by the Rangers. Um, in uh, My problem that I have with this whole situation is that uh, they've lost the forest for the trees here. All the sportscasters and, and all the media can look at is greatest collapse in Ranger history, greatest comeback in Montreal history. Yeah, that's fine, but let's look at what actually happened there. An entire arena of people were allowed to dictate the outcome of a game, and they intimidated the referees to the point where every time a referee lifted up his arm or blew a whistle, they rained down booze and abuse and everything else on the referees. You know, there's, there's only so much of that sort of thing that should be tolerated, and the league is doing itself a disservice by allowing that kind of crap to go on. If I'm a home team and my team is at a, if I'm at a home game and my team is at a disadvantage and somebody's giving me a little banner or a little cup, I'll throw it on the ice now just to delay the game enough to give my guys a breather to regroup. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, definitely. Uh, I mean the I mean the uh, the fans were surely uh, rowdy there. Uh, they did. Uh, they seemed like they booed on every single call that the Canadians didn't get, or every time uh, a Canadian player uh, fell to the ice. Uh, once again, we are waiting uh, the act guy. Yeah, well, he'll come on eventually. But um, getting to Lundqvist, and you, now, are you a believer in the sophomore jinx? You think that has kind of hit Lundqvist this season? I mean, he seems, especially in that last night's game, he's seen at times that he hasn't uh, been the same goalie, and, and that's why he's, he didn't get the spot in the All-Star game. I mean, what are your thoughts about Lundqvist and the sophomore jinx? Well, I don't. I don't know if it's so much of a, a sophomore jinx. I mean, he's been in the league for, uh, you know, played for the Rangers for two years. Um, I just think that the the psyche of the whole team is pretty fragile right now. And um, as the game, you know, as as you know, they have a problem or they have some setback or calls go against them, et cetera, et cetera. I just think that somehow that's being. Whereas Penrick was sort of immune to that in his own little shell. Now I, I feel that he's like an empath and he's feeling what the rest of the team is feeling and that's sort of putting him off, putting him off his game a little bit. I mean, we're talking about a guy who had uh, uh, three or four extremely attractive bad midriff young women skating around him and he was just staring down a tunnel concentrating um, at, last year at the, uh, at the Islanders game. This guy's immune to the... the uh, 
the beauty of the Ice Girls, uh, and now all of a sudden he has these these you know this problem focusing. I don't know. I think maybe he's the misfortunes of the team do affect him. Maybe he's unable to focus and concentrate the way he used to. Yeah, yeah. I mean that seems to be an issue with him sometimes. You know, you'll see him for one period uh, be able to you know stop everything, uh, have good vision, uh, block rebounds, and the next period all over the place. Now, uh, getting to uh, some other parts of the team, uh, Chris Drury has really come out of his shell in the last ten games or so. I mean, he's really playing uh, good hockey. Uh, it seems like uh, his line's going, Gomez's line is going also. So what do you think about them? Well, um, yes, yes to Joy, but, you know, there's, there's been so much inconsistency. I mean, uh, they take Dubinsky, they put him back up with Yager, hoping to, to somehow light some sort of a fire under Yager scoring-wise. And Dubinsky was doing fine with the young guys. He's doing okay with Yager. Um, as far as Jory goes, um, I- I'm very happy with what Jory's done, uh, and I'm glad he's finding a place for himself, and I'm glad he's finally stopped stopped holding the stick so tight and decided to take shots. And you know, to me, it's a yin and a yang. There, you know, you've got a a a, a premier player who wants to play the East West game. He's got his partner in crime there who 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 buy into that, and then they try to take a north south player like like Jory like. Gomez, like Dubinsky, and stick them with them, and and it it doesn't work. Um, so I think it's it's good to keep Jory with people who are playing the same style or on the same same page, and you know stop moving everybody around. Um, I don't know if the Dubinsky Yager experiment is going to work. Frankly, um, I think they really need to keep uh, Gomez up there with them. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. no question about that. And once again, Margaret Hurley at myblueshirtheaven.com joining us right now. Um, as you look at uh, Marek Malik, uh, you know, you talk about in your blog, Rangers fans keep constantly talking about him, and that he does have the skills uh, to be a successful defenseman for the Rangers, but it just seems that he gets under the radar as a Ranger fan. I mean, he had the, the scuffle in practice. Um, what do you think about uh, you know, Marek Malik and, role, and his role on this team? It doesn't seem it's been working out so far. Well, during the first two seasons he was with the Rangers, especially the first season, he had a, a, a tremendous plus-minus. What was it, like, gosh, I don't know, in the high 40s or something? It was, it was something Definitely, crazy. Yeah, it, was, it was way up there. It was, it was something crazy. But, you know, people look at that plus-minus statistic, and, and that's all they see. And there's a reason for that plus-minus statistic. And the reason was he and Roosevelt were barely handling the puck. When Yager was on, when Yager was skating with Nylander, it was Yager and Nylander back and forth, back and forth. How much work did those two guys actually have to do? Um, and so, of course, their plus-minus is going to be better because the less Malik handles the puck, the better, as we have learned. Um, the other thing that, that really um, just really made me furious was the fact that, you know, you don't, I don't care whether it's Sean Avery or it's, it's uh, Darcy Tucker on your team or whoever it is. You don't go after your own teammate. Uh, you want to get physical? Get physical on the ice against Mike Commissarek. Don't go over and, and, and run uh, Avery into the boards in practice. That's counterproductive and it's stupid. And, and he's had a lot of, um, you know, Aaron Ward was given, you know, sent out a, tr- a count on a, on a fast fast train last year because uh, supposedly he was a locker room cancer. Well, you know, from what Malik has done, I don't know if you want to call that cancer or not, but it certainly isn't going, uh, uh, making any strides to keep peace in the valley, as it were. 
Um, I think Malik has a lot of problems. I don't think he's uh, certainly not a number one NHL defenseman, nor nor a number two NHL defenseman. Um, I, I really think that the Rangers need to be rid of him. All right. Now, um, what do you think about Tom Rennie as the coach of this team? Do you think he's doing a good job? Is he getting uh, the most that he can out of his players? Does he need to switch up the lines? Or do the Rangers need to make a move? I mean, what do you think about the overall coaching job of this team? And uh, does Glenn say they uh, need to make a move at the trade deadline? Well, uh, the way I see, uh, make a move at the code, uh, at the at the uh, trade deadline. Uh, yeah, if they're not going to give away the store, if they're not going to give away um, good prospects and and our young um, people down in in Hartford or or anywhere else, I don't want to see that. They have problems with cap space. Uh, I don't know if they if they can make a move, uh, considering the amount of money that they signed Gomez, Jury, uh, and uh, Lundqvist to. And they just gave Girardi uh, a million and a half, and uh, they're debating. You know, the debate now is, uh, you know, is Avery worth three million? He's certainly not worth a million. If they gave him two and a half million, he'd find himself in a Darren McCarty situation, where, given the opportunity, he would be bought out if he didn't perform. So, in answer to your question, um, I think that no, uh, the trade deadline. I don't really see them picking up anybody because, frankly, I don't think this team is Stanley Cup material this year. I don't think. The people should have that expectation. I think that they should just uh, hold the line, um, do as well as they can this year. Next year, we won't have Yager. Let's hope. We won't have Shanahan. Let's hope. And I love Shanahan, but he's no. too old. He's finished. It's over. Um, you know, if he, if they cat him out and they played him 10 minutes a game, used him on special teams only, but they don't do that. The guy's killing penalties and he's 39 years old. And even though he's a smart penalty killer and I watch him game in and game out at the Garden, um, and he's good for the room and he's good for the team, the guy's lost a step. Um, he's not the power forward he once was. Um, and uh, I think it might be time for Shanahan to uh, make his bid to become the next commissioner of the NHL. Um, and as far as Yaga goes, bye bye. Uh, I don't want Yaga on the team anymore. He he isn't the Yaga he used to be. And if he can't be the Yaga he used to be, then he's going to pout about it, or he's just going to underperform. Um, everybody calls me the Yaga hater. Uh, let me clue you guys in. I've been watching this guy since the after post lockout, before the lockout, it's inconclusive. Okay, post lockout, he does the same crap on a night in and night out basis that he was doing two years ago. The only thing is now is that the rest of the team defensively isn't as good as they were two years ago. Uh, and I'm talking about your penalty killers. I'm talking about your third and fourth liners. Um, so it, in that situation, Yager is, uh, a, you know, isn't scoring goals. He can't forecheck. He, he, well, it's not a question that he can't forecheck. He doesn't forecheck and he doesn't backcheck. He's not defensively rep- responsible with the puck. You have to have everybody on the same page. Yaga wants his own page. It doesn't work. It's it's a uh, team page. I think I think you make a lot of good points about Yarmir Yaga, and uh, you know I think uh, he could definitely work harder. I think the Rangers could be much better than where they are right now. Now, uh, if Henrik Lundqvist gets uh, hot in the postseason, do you think this team has the potential to make the Stanley Cup? Now, obviously, a goaltender can carry a team. We saw that. For example, with Cam Ward with the Carolina Hurricanes a few years ago. So do you think this team could make the Stanley Cup if Lundqvist gets hot and if they uh, can play uh, the way they're capable of? Well, if they make the playoffs, you know, you never say never. If they can make the playoffs, anything is possible. I mean, look at the Ducks a few years back. They took 
They took down the Red Wings in the first round, four games straight. Anything is possible, but as far as going the distance, I just don't think that this team has the wherewithal to sustain um, that kind of, of of playoff. You know, even if they got even if they got to the Eastern Conference Final, who would they be playing? If Detroit made it to the the Western Conference Final, they'd be taking Detroit. They'd be taking on Detroit, and if Detroit had Lidstrom, Rafalski, and Cronwell back healthy, the Rangers wouldn't have a hope in hell. Not a hope in hell. So no, I don't think that um, even if Henrik Lundqvist got hot, um, I think it's a question of if they can't put pucks in the net if they can't kill penalties, if they can't play every game like it's the last game they're going to play this season, if they don't have the heart to do that, they don't belong in a Stanley Cup final. I definitely agree with that. And now uh, getting back to, uh, um, to to the first line for the Rangers, of course, Sean Avery's a part of that now. And we asked uh, Dan Axton, who um, can't, unfortunately can't join us via the phone by joining us via the instant messaging here, and he was saying, you know, that Avery kind of takes the focus off Yager by being the center of attention and that, um, of course, Avery's a verge of signing and extension, and Yager has benefited with increased production like Avery has come through. What are, you, what are your thoughts about uh, what Dan was saying with Avery's um, impact on the first line? Well, um, surely, you know, you want somebody to, to take the pressure off of Yager, but the fact remains that Yager's still going for these peripheral bad shots from bad angles. Um, he's not... He's trying to play at the, the half board the circle, not changing his style of play. And regardless of how much uh, space Avery may make for him and take people away, draw people away from, from Yager, the fact remains that Yager's still not putting the puck in the net because he's trying to do the, he's a one-trick pony. He's trying to do the same thing all the time, take the same. I mean, uh, the other night when, when he, he passed instead of shot, when he clearly had a shot in the overtime, uh, that's the kind of stuff you're seeing from this guy. Whether Avery takes some of the people or Dubinsky takes some of the checkers away from him, it ain't going to make a difference unless he smartens up and goes for a better shot, a better angle, tries to stop doing this, this, this where he wraps it around himself and tries to go. It's just ridiculous. It's it's just it's hard. Okay, simple hockey. Simple hockey is the key. Now, when uh, we get towards the postseason here, uh, who do you think are the favorites uh, in the postseason? I know who do you think is going to go to the Stanley Cup in each conference. Um. Well, I would probably, you know, again, I'm I'm kind of biased because I I am a, a fan of the Red Wings. I have to say, um, I Red like. Red. Well, no, but I mean, I, I've been watching the Red Wings now for, oh, let's see, uh, over nine, ten years, because when the Rangers weren't making the playoffs, I had to follow something to keep watching hockey in the postseason. So um, I've been watching the Red Wings since 96, 97, and, um, you know, they've had a, a very, very bad slide. <laughs> what did they, they lost their last seven or eight in a row, something crazy like that. Um, I think the Eastern Conference uh, teams, especially the the, the top teams in the Eastern Conference are, are pretty mediocre, you know. Um, I would say that Dallas is coming on strong. You never know. Jeez, um, it, it's it's really hard to say. I would say you, you can't discount Anaheim in the Western Conference because simply because that they've they've got a good defense there. Um, they've got Solani. They've got Niedermeyer. Um I'm going to say probably. I'm going to go with Anaheim. And in the East, wow, that's a tough. How about the Devils? What are you, you know, 
uh, they're near the top right now. What, you know, what are your thoughts about them? I mean, they can't be the Rangers, but you know, they're they're kind of. Near the top. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Now we still have quite a few games left with the Devils to go. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the Devils can't be any of the Rangers or the Islanders. I mean, it's just. I mean, obviously, this is about the Rangers right now, but the, the, the Rangers have had a devil's number. You, you must say that. I think that maybe, wouldn't it be fun to see Jersey take on the Ducks and have the Ducks wipe the floor up with them? Oh, uh, well, it wouldn't be fun for me as a fan, but it might be fun for other people, you know. <laughs> well, no, I mean, all right, well, well, realistically, you're asking me, if, if Ottawa has everybody back, um, uh, I mean, look, uh, they're all bunched up there. Montreal has 75 points, Jersey 75 points, Ottawa 75 points. Um, I, I guess i got to go with Ottawa. Ottawa against the Ducks. That's, well, that would be a decent Stanley Cup. Um, uh, do you think... Uh, I mean, uh, if you think... Uh, do you think... Like, not the Rangers, but around the league... Uh, do you think there'll be any big names moved at the deadline? Yeah. Uh, Have you heard I, any I rumors? I think that Detroit is looking for another center. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there, and they also have to consider that right now they're down three defensemen. So uh, I I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I, I don't. I really don't see anybody giving away the store. Um, New Jersey could use a little more uh, firepower. Um, That's a good. All right, well, uh, Margaret, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, I hope uh, the Rangers go far this year, and uh, certainly uh, look forward to uh, your blog uh, during uh, the uh, postseason race. Can I just add one extra thing? Yeah, sure. sure. Tom Rennie is the best coach the Rangers have had since Freddie Shiro. I agree with that. I, I think Tom Brady is definitely an underrated coach. I think uh, he does a good job. I mean, uh, sometimes the, the Rangers don't play their 100% best for him, but I think overall, I think he's been a, a very good coach. He, he keeps the team, uh, he keeps the team stable. I, I think he's, he's he needs to stay there until the rest of the youth come up, and uh, then you can really see what he can do with with people uh, when he has everybody who who wants to be on the same page and wants to play every game. Okay, uh, well, thank you for joining us, and uh, let's go Rangers. Nice talking to you guys. Yeah, let's go Rangers. Um, I'm still behind them 100%. Yeah, definitely. No question. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hope to see you in the future. All right, great. We're going to um, take, take a quick break now. Once again, we are live. Wow. Once again, we are live from Lindbrook here. Again, there will be a video podcast of the best clips, the stuff that you don't see. There's a lot of stuff that you don't see that goes on down here, so... Uh, We'll have that available for you after. I guess, see, we do a 516 caller. Might as well take it. we got some time in our program. Uh, 516 caller, different caller into our program. Let's hope that it's not a prank call. It's not, uh, well, we'll see. 516, Erica, what do you got for us tonight? Oh. I got to talk loud. What's down here today? you got to talk clearly. This is ridiculous. Oh. All right, the caller hung up. You gotta call in. You gotta give us some insight. You can't just call in and just to call in. You can't call in. Yeah. Oh, also, American Idol's on tonight. Do we have the results of that? I guess we'll. Uh, I guess we'll see. Well, we will find out the American Idol results for you. Uh, 
we want to spoil your DVR tapings of it. So, I mean, we'll be right back. We're down the home stretch of Ace Man of the Cross. About eight minutes left. Yeah, we will be right back after this on the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Cross. Next week on February 28th, we got another great 90 minutes for you. Adam Rubin will join us at 8.30 from Port St. Lucie in another Docket Mets report. Then at 9 o'clock, we got another Rangers roundtable with Doug Fisher and Doobie from Blue Shirt Bulletin. And all the fun starts next Thursday, the 28th at 8 on Blog Talk Radio. Live from Lynn, Brooklyn, New York, this is the Sports Docket Radio Show with Ace Man and the Boss on Blog Talk Radio. All right, we're back for the home stretch of Ace Man and the Claw, so I hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, we will take your calls for the last eight, uh, seven, eight minutes of the show. We've, t- we've talked a lot of Rangers tonight. Uh, we've talked a lot of Mets and uh, talked some Yankees at the beginning. Uh, a few bloggers. It's been fun tonight. Uh, the Islanders are still up one to nothing. It's a minute 53 left in the game, and uh, the Islanders are on the power play, so it looks good for them in uh, getting two points against Tampa Bay Lightning. So that will be their sixth win in a row. Also, uh, the Rangers doubles are off tonight. The Knicks and the Nets are off tonight. They will be back uh, tomorrow or shortly. No, Steve, I was thinking this myself. You know, with, uh, we've got an Islanders fan back here, so we're not in uh, friendly territory right now. Of course, we're in Long Island Central. But uh, as, we were, as we were saying um, before, uh, uh, the Islanders, of course, are, are streaking right now. They are on fire. And uh, the six-year win tonight, uh, they will be moving up. I think they'll be a ninth seed. So uh, they're in shiny territory right now. The Devils and Rangers return to action over the weekend. Yeah, and uh, the Knicks and Nets, uh, they'll return to action tomorrow night over the weekend. So, I mean, I mean, a lot of sports right now going on in New York. I mean, it's a very exciting time. Well, I mean, of course, uh, well, the Giants win the Super Bowl. I mean, that kind of extended sports. Normally, February, nothing goes on in New York. In January also. I mean, uh, well, now that, you know, Mets spring training, uh, Yankee spring training starts uh, next week. Uh, well, see, well, let's play a lot. we got a couple of left on the program. Let's play a little factor fiction here. All right, let's play a factor fiction. Now, let's do a little spring training factor fiction. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, in spring training, Carlos Delgado, three home runs. Uh, since uh, the starters don't get much playing time and Delgado pretty much stunk last year, I'll say uh, fiction. Um, okay, what do you think about uh, Johan Santana, three wins? In spring training? Yeah, three wins. Probably uh, not because, uh, you know, the starters only throw two, three, four innings in spring training, so the game changes a lot after that. Uh, how about Andy Pettit, one start? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Obviously. Right. I mean, if Andy Pettit makes a start, the chances are very good. Yeah, uh, let's go into this. Um, uh, what do you think about this? With um, Alexander Ovechkin, of course, right now his leading goal leader has 50 goals um, to lead the NHL. Uh, 70, 70 goals. No, he'll reach 65, not 70. You think 65? He's only got about, what, 15, 20 games left? He's got 50 right now. I mean, he, he, he could, I mean, I don't think he'll hit 70, but he's been scoring pretty much every game or game that's Um... I think 70 will be hard for him because, like, me losing weight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Dress comparison there, but, uh, okay. All right. Uh, no, I don't think 70. I think 65. 
possible. I think so, too. I mean, okay, how about this? Sidney Crosby, of course, come back from the injury. Uh, he's about 65 points right now. Uh, Sidney Crosby, uh, 80 points. Uh, yes, I think so. You think I mean, Crosby, once he gets healthy, I mean, he racks up the points like that. So. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, did you hear about that? Philly, oh, that was, it was hilarious. Kyle Kendricks, the Phillies Prankton. Did you hear that story? No, I didn't hear that. Oh, that was great. Well, basically, here's the story. People didn't hear about this. Uh, what happened was... Everybody was in on this. Um, Charlie Manuel, Brett Myers, actually his idea. Basically, what they did uh, was um, they uh, they brought Kyle Kendrick, who's a pitcher on the Phillies, actually pretty pretty reliable and pretty successful for them last season. They brought him into uh, the owner, the manager's office, and basically what what they said to him was uh, that he was traded to Japan. And eventually, they got all the news networks involved, and it was in the locker room. They were all joking about it. And they said, and they said that they traded Kyle Kendrick for Kobayashi, who's a hot dog eater. So that, so that was the joke. The joke was really on Kyle Kendrick. Brett Myers planned it. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, on, it's all over YouTube now. You know what? I hate the Phillies. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we hate the Phillies, but the joke was hilarious. It was, it was actually last Saturday. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. It was funny. They told me to trade to the team in Japan. I mean, that, who would take that? I mean, I mean yeah, seriously, um, Kyle Kendrick. Uh, of course, the young pitcher. Phillies who will be competing for a spot in their rotation this year. Uh, well, the, oh, also, by the way, I mean, obviously, uh, the Mets going into um, uh, the Mets going into spring training um, have enough starters to begin with. But Freddie Garcia uh, was in Mets camp a few days ago, and uh, he, he said he was there just to visit Santana and Pedro. But the real fact of the matter was, was that his agent was there and met my interest in Garcia, but really, I think it's ridiculous. It's enough already. We met got enough people in their rotation. They, they don't need anything anymore. What do you think? Yeah, about I think it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. Um, Freddie Garcia, I mean, uh, he could compete for a spot in this rotation, but uh, the rumor has it out on the streets that uh, he does have an injury and uh, he, won't, he won't be back till June or July at the earliest. Well, I mean, let's not go that route again. I mean, we've seen guys in the past in the Mets rotation, uh, Woody Williams—not um, Woody Williams, but just uh, we've seen guys in the past. I forget all their names. Dave Williams, I believe it was. James Baldwin. You know, you remember those guys? You, you put them in for a few starts or so. Tyler Gates, and then they don't come through. So I think it's not worth it uh, for them to do it. Oh uh, yeah, I definitely. I mean, uh, you could call in. Uh, we once again, we do have a few minutes left in the show. I uh, hope all of you guys enjoyed it, and. Um, we're looking for the results on Idol. We can't find it. Uh, maybe, I don't know, the show may end at 9.30 or something. The show ends at, show ends at 9. The show ends at 9. We cannot find results, so we apologize for that. Yeah, we said we were talking about it. But, again, I, be- I felt the girls were better than the guys. I don't know about you. Not just the way they looked, but the way they performed. I thought the girls were much better than the guys. Uh, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I well, mean, well, oh, I didn't see them. I'm sorry. I think overall. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't see it. I can't say anything. Well, no, you can. I mean, you, you, I think what I saw from Hollywood Week and from the auditions, I think the guys are actually uh, a little bit better, even. Well, the guys are some smart, The guys are younger. The, the girls seem to be a little bit more the older bunch. But uh, I really, I really thought that the uh, the guys are better. Again, it's not an American Idol show, but we're just playing around in a little bit. Um, yeah. So I mean, you call We got a little pro- time left. We got Adam Rubin next week. I'll be back from Brooklyn next week, from Lindbrook, and uh, put it in. So again, we'll be ending off really soon here on the sports docket. Uh, and we hope to get your calls. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've had a fun time on Sports Talk tonight, of so course. End off, we've got a minute left. Uh, I hope you enjoy our interviews. We had, once again, we got to thank John Dell, because of the General News, for joining us live. Uh, we got to also thank um, 
below that page. Um, we, we also we have to thank uh, also who joined us. Uh, we got to thank Margaret Hurley of My Blue Shirt Heaven and Dan Axon joining us via the AIM chat. And uh, we also got to thank Seamus Malloy from uh, Yankspot.com. Okay, well, tell us who's left. Who's this? Uh, Zach, quickly. Zach's a publicist, by the way. He's just joining us tonight in the studio. Zach, just quickly tell us who's left. Zach's wife. Just tell us who's left. The people left, and I guess you'll figure it out from there. Well, left on the uh, male side is Colton Berry, Dan Riga, David, uh, both three Davids. Uh, we got Garrett Halley, Jason Castro, Jason Yeager, uh, Luke Menard, Michael Johns. We got Robbie Carissa, and then on the girls' side, we got Alina, Alexandra, Amanda, Amy, Ashai, Brooke, Carly, Smithson, Joanna, Katie, Christy, Ramil, and Mercado. Okay, so once again, everybody, we will see you guys uh, next week. Um, same time, same place. I'll be back from Brooklyn. Peace out. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for joining us our program tonight. It was a lot of fun.